Well, well, welcome to another stunning, gorgeous, delicious episode of Pop Apologist. We're coming off of Christmas week, Lauren, and we've got lots to share. We absolutely do. It has been a hell of a week. A lot has happened. Chandler, you had a very exciting morning, one could say. I am like still a little jittery from it. Basically, I took Ben to the airport this morning and it snowed a lot last night. And it was actually pretty scary. Like last night, there was like a full blizzard. So I took him to the airport and the windshield wiper or the windshield fluid, I don't know, the blue stuff in the car, the stuff that looks like Powerade would not come out of like the windshield wipers. So basically the t- like in the time that we were driving there, we had to stop to basically clear off our windshield because, you know, we couldn't see. Anyways, this is this doesn't sound exciting and it's really not exciting. It's actually terrifying because we got to the airport. I dropped him off, you know. We shared a meaningful kiss and eye contact. He's going to kill me for saying oh, that. Oh, we're, we're good. We're good. We're good. Um, anyways, I dropped him off, you know, and I drove out of the airport and I'm driving and it's a little like the, the windshield is just, you know, a little foggy and it's not foggy from the inside. Like I can't use my defrosters to clear it. It's foggy on the outside. It's literally salt from other cars and I'm driving and I'm like, this is kind of an issue. Like the windshield wipers are not helping. I can't even get windshield fluid because it's frozen. And within 30 seconds, I kid you not, I could not see anything out of my my windshield. And it was actually utterly terrifying. And I had to roll down, my, turn on my hazards, roll down my window. Luckily, I was already kind of in the right lane and look out the window to see where I was going. It's actually so terrifying. Any car situation like that is just one of like the worst experiences. So I like pull over and I'm just like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Sorry, mom and dad. But yeah, I really was, I was r- real cussing this time. Um, and then I, I pull over, luckily I can come to a stop and I put the car in park and then I proceed to wipe off the windshield with some Starbucks napkins that were in the car, like a maniac. Okay. And I'm just like, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to do this every, you know, hundred yards because like the conditions are so bad. And then it's so funny because of course I like call Ben immediately and I'm just like this just happened and I'm he's like I don't you know look up maybe how to like get some hot water and defrost them and I'm just like so mad and then dad calls me and I'm like oh my gosh this is divine intervention dad's just like worried dad has a pit in his stomach like dad thinks that I have something's gone wrong he's gonna come rescue me and I'm like I pick up the phone I'm like hey hey and dad's like oh did I call you <laughs> so it was like a full butt dial from dad and I'm like yeah like yeah, I'm on the way back from Salt Lake. Like it's, it's pretty brutal. And he's like, do you need someone to come rescue you? And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, anyways, I ended up like, I luckily had already filled up the windshield wiper fluid on the way there. So I had some leftover in the back seat, and I just like ended up stopping a couple of times to literally pour that on top of the windshield and then use the wipers to like wipe it off. But, um, I was white knuckled the whole way home and then getting off the freeway to like pull over to do that. I slid like multiple times and like, there is nothing more terrifying. I think than a sliding car on snow. This is my worst nightmare. I tried to not have you do that drive yesterday. There were many fearful admonishments and I, I don't, feel vindicated in a good way because I didn't wish this would happen. I didn't wish this upon you. I'm truly sorry. I'm and I'm so glad you're okay. Well, I mean, the crazy thing is that it's not like it was blizzarding. Like the the roads, the main roads like especially on the freeway were clear and honestly just wet like it had rained. It was honestly just getting off different freeway exits where they hadn't plowed that were so scary and it was just like honestly in these moments that I was like I never want to drive again truly never again I never want to own a car I never want to have to feel responsible for driving anybody ever again like I hate driving I feel the same way I hate the anxiety of potentially getting into an accident dealing with insurance like 
It's all just such a nightmare. I'm so glad you're okay. A little bit of a hard left turn. I do want to talk to you about something that recently happened to me. Very exciting. Okay, go on. So I got a DM. You have no idea about this. I'm so excited to share it. So I got a DM from someone named uh, Geronimo. Um, First, just one name. There's a last name too. Okay. But I'm just trying to protect, I guess, this person's identity. So he said, hi, Elle. Oh my gosh, she's already calling you Elle. That's kind of darling. Yeah, we're already besties. So this stranger named Geronimo says, hi, Elle. We're organizing a party at the Ritz in Puerto Los Cabos on February and we're hiring models. You're kidding me. I would love to invite you and your friends. <gasps> you must have been searching geotags in Cabo and seen oh, our, our right, right. Like a promoter. Yeah. So then I said, sounds great. What are the details? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. He says, it will be a party for a golf tournament that we organize every year. It will probably be in one of our villas and we expect 100 guests. We pay you for the day and the only thing we ask is to attend and have fun like in any other party. Hmm. I know. Like in any other party, attend and have fun. Like take drugs just like any other party. Get trafficked just like at any other party. <laughs> Literally. So now it's become more real and I don't really respond. So then he responds a little bit later and he says, any thoughts? Question mark. L, any thoughts? Penny for your thoughts, L. Yeah. So I said, it sounds great and so fun, but I need to fly in. Can you <laughs> let me know what the day rate is, please? Like I do this all the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do models use the term day rate just for a full day? I think so. I don't model. I've never modeled, um, but it's my first time and I don't want him to know that. He says, we would pay for all your expenses. We have a rate of $50 per hour, but it is negotiable. Seems a little low to TBH. Absolutely pretty low if you're going to fly across the country. I mean, it's, it would cost me at least five grand to take a trip. You should ask him if there's a clothing budget. My question is, what do I say next? I think you ask him if you can fly first class. And if there's a budget for you to buy a new outfit. What if I just say, what is my max travel budget? And what is my max clothing budget for? Or will there be a stylist? Or should I plan on um, expensing some clothing? I don't want to say any of it. I'm like nervous. I think you should absolutely say it. You're not going to like... I think I would need about 5K total to be able to swing it. But here's the problem. I don't have any intentions of actually going to this party. I just wanted to see what they would be willing to pay me. So and now I feel bad like leading this person along. Should you I feel not bad leading a trafficker on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, kinda. But what, you know what? It's for the podcast. It's for content. Content is king. Content is king. And then you just block him. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say, I think I would need about 5K total to be able to swing it. Um, when can we make this happen? Or maybe that sounds a little thirsty. Just be say, like, does that work? Question mark. Great. Okay. If you have done this, if you have been a hired model at a party, let me know. I did work at a coffee shop in San Clemente, California when I was 19. And we had this crazy guy come in named Vince. And he was a visionaire. He had a, literally business cards that said Vince Visionaire. And he was going to create a coffee shop, he told me. And he wanted to hire me to sip coffee in it, modeling. He was going to have models in the coffee shop. I like where Vince's head is at. He sounds like a visionaire. I mean, I don't see any problems with this. Anyway, these are my only two brushes with modeling, unfortunately. Kendall Jenner, she is not. Okay, so let's move on. I'll keep you guys updated on the modeling in Cabo contract as the negotiations progress. I do want to talk to you, Chan, because I did pick up my wedding dress. I know. Have I told you about that experience? You told me about selecting it, that experience, but I haven't heard about you picking it up now after it's been fitted. Well, it has not been fitted. It's just arrived in the size that was selected for me. Um, so I went there with two items in, on my agenda. I was going to pick up my dress 
obviously try it on and then potentially try on other dresses because I do have now an extra year. So I could theoretically get a different dress, get a second dress, whatever. So I got there. I tried it on. It's way too small like way too small. That's annoying because I feel like you're the exact same, like you've always been like your size, if not maybe even tinier now. Why is it so small? Yeah, I'm definitely smaller than when I first tried on dresses and I measured me. I don't know why it's so small. It's just extremely small. It does zip up and it's not like I'm spilling over it, but it's it's just like a really tight corset. Like breathing is difficult in my dress. Like it's like, it's a thing. But what's so funny is so the stylist, he zips me up and he's like, you know, it's like obviously very, very tight and very small. And I'm like kind of struggling. And I'm just like, yeah, I think like I might probably just need to have it let out a little bit at the waist so I can breathe a little better. And he's like, oh, absolutely not. He's like, absolutely not. This is eight hours of your life. Suck it in, girl. Like literally it was the funniest moment ever. You're kidding. Just like deal with it. He's like, you look divine. He was like, this is how it's supposed to look. He was like, your waist looks so small. He was like, absolutely not. We are, you cannot let this out. It was like, well, maybe if I like lose like five pounds, it'd be more manageable. He was like anything about letting it out. It was just oh so funny. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it was just like he was the funniest dude ever. His whole goal is for you to look as hot as possible. I kind of love that. That's exactly who you kind of want. Exactly. It was so funny. And then I did go and look at other dresses, but literally I was two minutes in and I was just like, I'm not even trying any of these on. I don't care. Like none of these are nearly, I think, as good as my dress. And so that was actually like a good moment. I, would, I like canceled that portion of the appointment and just left. I was like, no, I got the dress I want. It's perfect. Your dress is spectacular. I've never seen anything like it. And I, yeah, I I would be hard pressed to think that you could find something just as good. Thank you. I'm really excited. Oh, Chandler. What? He responded. He said, could work. Oh my gosh. Smiley face. That's amazing. Just say, great. I'll keep you posted. And then you block him. I think the fact that you got him to agree to 5K is perfect. Okay. And we're just leaving it there. Okay. So I do have some other stories to tell you, a little bit of funny things being at home with mom before we came to Utah. So I'm not sure if I even have explained to people what's been going on with me, but we went to Cabo. We had that amazing trip. By the way, both parts of the recaps of the trip are on the Patreon. There's two episodes all about it. Our experience with the housewives, all our thoughts, insider tea and scoop, 100%. It's on the Patreon. So please hit up the link on our show notes and join the Patreon if you want to listen to that. Um, So anyway, I went to Cabo and the plan was that I would join Kagan in California for Christmas with his family. And Kagan ended up contracting COVID two days before he was supposed to fly out. It's literally so crazy. When you texted everyone that, my like heart skipped a beat. I mean, this is also when, what, a week ago, a week and a half ago, Omnicrom was like raging. Like it was just like, holy crap, this thing is here to stay. We're not through COVID yet. And yeah, so crazy. It's like devastating. And I'm very sorry that we didn't get to spend Christmas together. Thank you. I mean, honestly, the biggest thing for me has been like realizing just how because what's funny is we canceled or we didn't cancel we postponed our wedding um we postponed it out a year and it's actually kind of funny because like a few people have been like oh your wedding is it still happening it's like yeah it's definitely still happening we like had to like basically sell an arm and a leg to postpone it like we're now in even deeper like financial commitments to this hotel so so anyway this wedding is definitely happening but we postponed it a year because we were afraid that covid would get get crazy and then what's funny is things kind of lightened up a little bit i felt like and i was like wow like that didn't even pan out at all and now being 
a month out from what would be my wedding date, like Kagan getting COVID. We were going to be in California for his family's big Christmas party. It got canceled because his brother got COVID. I would actually be a nervous wreck right now if my wedding was around the corner. So I'm so grateful we pushed it. I'm taking my life day by day, minute by minute, week by week like I, I the way that things change so quickly these days with this virus I like I don't know I'm sick of talking about it but I just yeah I would also be a nervous wreck if your wedding was you know six weeks away because like two and a half weeks ago I didn't even know what Omnicrum was and it just seems like everyone is getting it like it's it's everywhere everyone's getting it and yeah it's not as severe which is amazing that's so great but it's still completely disrupting everyone's normal lives right exactly i feel like so many things are getting canceled so anyway i have been without kagan though for now a full two weeks and a couple days so i'm very much excited to see him and go home tomorrow But anyway, so I got into California and I was staying with mom and dad and a few funny things happened. So like I obviously went and visited Kagan's family in California because they live in San Clemente. Kagan's mom reached out and was like, let's get together. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I was with mom. We were talking on the phone and now my trip got changed to basically I was only in town for three days. So I, I said, you know, if we don't, if you want to do dinner tonight, tomorrow night, or the next night, those are my nights. I'm totally available. I can make it work. And mom was like, yeah, that sounds great. I can too. So his dear, wonderful mother goes and like convenes with her people, like, you know, his sister and his brother just to figure out who can go and like when everyone can make it work, comes back, has figured out all the logistics and it's like, okay, Tuesday night works. And, and it's then Sunday. Okay. And so I'm like, I tell mom, I'm like, okay, Tuesday night, mom, we're on for dinner with Kagan's fam. And she's like, oh, sorry, I can't. I can't go on Tuesday night. This is literally after she just said all, all those nights work. Yes. It's been like four hours. And so I'm like, um, okay, well, okay. can So just tonight or tomorrow night? She's like, I can't Tuesday night because it's your dad's Christmas party with his office. And which I guess I'd been forgotten about or it had been changed in that four hours. And then she's like, and I can't tomorrow night because I'm going to be fasting tomorrow. Oh my gosh, this woman. Yeah, like a completely arbitrary decision, no actual obligation. Well, it's like now I've made this um, arbitrary commitment to myself <laughs> for tomorrow night, so I'm I'm actually um, otherwise committed. Sorry. Right, exactly. So I'm like, well, you know, mom, I would really prefer not to go tonight because I'm getting lunch with a friend at 2.30 and we're probably going to have dinner at like 6. Like, it, and we're, I just, I would really prefer if I did, we didn't do tonight because that's like very much back-to-back meals that I'd prefer not to engage in. Also, were these meals at the same place? Yeah, they're also both at the same restaurant at Nick's and San Clemente. So I'm just like, I don't really want to hold court at Nick's and San Clemente for eight hours. Like, I'd prefer to break it up. And she was like, well, why do your eating needs come above my eating needs? Yeah, that's a classic line out of mom. That's a classic Deb line. Also, I love that line. It's like, why do your eating needs come before my eating needs? And then like the only way out of that is to be like, okay, I guess you win. Like, I guess they do come before mine. I guess your eating needs do come before mine. So then anyway, so she was like, yeah, if you want me to attend, tonight is the only night. So we get dinner that night with Kagan's mom and her husband. And what's the most hilarious part is mom walks in and everyone sits down and mom's like immediately like, yeah, sorry, can't do it tomorrow night. I'm just not eating tomorrow. Like so awkward. Nobody, I'm, I don't, Kagan's family doesn't strike me as the type of people who are like big intermittent fasters. Like they seem very like, you know, at ease with the food. And like, I just, I'm sure it's just like TMI. Like we don't need to know about your planning with your meals and your dieting. Well, that's what's just so funny to me is it's like, 
if you're going to completely inconvenience people, at least make up a good excuse. Like, I also would not just let them know that this is something you've done for your own, like, completely optional, arbitrary choices. Exactly. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. And then we also had a funny mo- moment because um, this is like totally unrelated, but I was talking to mom about signing up for TSA pre-check and I was like, you know, did you get approved? She's like, oh yeah, I was approved within one week. I was like, wow, that's amazing. I, I It took me like six weeks to get approved. And she was like, well, when you lead a clean life like me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Literally. Well, last night I heard her at Teppanyaki literally say, um, she said, we all got our Diet Cokes and she leans over to Derek and she says, you know, I still haven't ever drank Coke. Oh, oh and I'm my just gosh. Like, no one cares. Nobody cares. No one's keeping score. Like, give it up already. She is one of a kind. Truly, truly hilarious. Can we also discuss the fact that uh, one we had a new Patreon subscriber, Steve Smith, signed mm-hmm. up. When a guy signs up for a Patreon, I'm always like – I'm always going to look a little further. Right. Sometimes I'm like, is this someone using their husband's Gmail or name? Like, that's a little bizarro, but I guess, you know, everyone do your thing. All we can see is the name and email address. It's actually in the email because we get an email anytime someone signs up. It's like the best moment. So when we get that email, it says Steve Smith joined, and then it just shows their email address right under. And the email address is nowhere to hide at com. <laughs> I immediately send a screenshot to Chandler and I'm like, WTF, what is this? Who is this? Like, who has it out for us? Like, this is someone who's like an informant to the CIA. I don't know. Like, I, I immediately I'm like, I'm in trouble with the law. Literally, I'm like, did we do something wrong on our taxes? Yeah, exactly. It's like some sort of informant. I also love the idea that this informant is trying to like tip us off to like the fact that the jig is up with their email address. Nowhere to hide. <laughs> Com. Like we have nowhere to hide anymore. If we're trying to hide on our Patreon that we uh, shill and pimp out every episode. Um, but no, we have nowhere to hide anymore. So they signed up for a year, which was also just, it was all kind of sus. And so we immediately blocked this person. Um, come to find out. Yeah, we were honestly pretty terrified. Like it was a hard thing for us to immediately refund their year long subscription and to just block them. But we ultimately felt like that was the best decision because we had no idea who the hell this person was. Right. So we were both pretty freaked out. Like you texted back and you're like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? So come to find out that actually was mom. That's mom's email address. So I immediately also jumped to the conclusion that nowhere to hide was about us too. Like, you know, we have nowhere to hide. Like we can't hide on our Patreon. No, that's her email that she uses because she says she gets so much spam email and she feels like all the spam makes her feel like she has nowhere to hide anymore. Like everyone's trying to get at her all the time. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> like all those promotional emails just nowhere to hide from them it's like a lot less menacing but it's like nowhere to hide at <laughs> oh my gosh so good also hilarious too because mom openly tells people that she doesn't read her emails which is just oh yeah she'll like tell people don't email me i don't have my email another funny thing about mom is that she recently changed her phone passcode to be stop because she's so afraid of Lauren reading her text messages. Like mom does like the funniest, like literal things with her like passcodes and emails. And it's so funny. Wait, it's stop because she thinks I'm reading her text messages. Yes. It's like STOP on a keyboard or like on a number keyboard. Like if you're doing T9 because you keep reading her text messages. It's honestly like everything is just so incredibly literal. Like from the personalized license plates to the Wi-Fi passwords on our home, there's like a message and a meaning everywhere. 
Well, she also said that, like, in her TSA pre-check number, she was bummed that there wasn't a number eight in it because she feels certain pull to the number eight. It's just, it's actually very darling. It's so cute. I think that actually we should retell the story. I don't know if we've told it before, but when we were teenagers, our parents went through, went through a lawsuit for the pool in our backyard and like the landscaping job. And it was like this like a five-year ordeal essentially that was very consuming and very stressful. Anyway, my mom definitely felt like wronged in the eyes of Lady Justice by the city of San Clemente when it came to this lawsuit. Would you say that she felt like she had nowhere to hide? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say that she certainly felt like, you know, justice needed to find her in this process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, our Wi-Fi network name was Justice. So if a friend would come over, we would tell them, like when they'd ask for the Wi-Fi, we would say, oh, it's Justice. And then... And then... Do you want me to tell it or do you want to tell it? You can tell it. And then we'd say, okay, yeah, it's, it's Justice. And then the, and what's the password? <laughs> Will find us. <laughs> It's just so it was just so awkward. I literally got to a point where I was like, I'll just type it in. It's like easier that way. Justice will find us. And then the best is like, it's just like over what could be deemed as like a very first world lawsuit. You know what's funny though? I do think that now, even seeing our reaction to nowhere to hide at.com, like having any type of law trouble where you're like, not that our parents were even in the wrong, you know, they were suing people who were who wronged them. Just all that stuff is really so consuming and stressful. Like, I can understand why they they felt like they needed Lady Justice to shine her light on them. Okay, absolutely. Speaking of that, I do want to talk with you about some insider tea I have. Okay. Okay, so we're going to pivot here, but I have to discuss this with you because um, I think it's very interesting. And I have to tread really, really lightly because I do not want to get sued, essentially. This is my favorite kind of tea. Please proceed. Okay. So I'm going to talk in very cloaked terms and I'm going to say no names. Ooh. Okay. So you know how I recommended that everyone go and check out a podcast by Shailene Johnson? Yes. So she is suing her plastic surgeon. This story is super fascinating. It's crazy what was done to her. I won't even speak to the specifics because that's how these surgeons keep people who were botched from speaking out because they go after people legally. And a lot of people actually also don't write their negative experiences or reviews online because they want to stay in the surgeon's good graces to get a free revision or to potentially get money back. It's actually very interesting how difficult it is to figure out if a surgeon has a bunch of botched cases. Like there's a whole system to keep people underground. Like the website Real Self, which I thought was honest reviews, no one could take down negative reviews. I personally have seen negative reviews deleted from plastic surgeons' profiles on Real Self. It is like, it is the Wild West. That is like so scary. So scary. Like there are surgeons out there who I think if you looked at their online profile, they would look like they were actual gods. And I know for a fact that they have tons of botched cases that are beneath the radar. So anyway, that's very interesting. Um, Shailene said on one of her podcasts recently that someone reached out to her and said that a very prominent surgeon who also appears on television fixing cases that have gone wrong, that they were botched by that person and that person threatened to come down on them with the hammer of litigation, stressful litigation. And I think that could potentially show why there was such a meltdown in the beginning of a new season of a television franchise (laughs) when it potentially appeared that a storyline was going to come up that this person 
was potentially not as good of a surgeon as they appeared to be. And I think that there's a lot to uncover there that they want buried under the surface. Allegedly. Allegedly. And that's why potentially that is why that felt like an attack on that person's family. Because if there wasn't a lot to uncover there, then honestly, it wouldn't be it wouldn't have struck such a nerve. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It clearly hit a nerve. And I'm sure that this is not the first. Right, exactly. Um, So I think that's very interesting, all alleged. No names have been named, and this is all completely alleged. But nonetheless, we are lawyering up just in case, allegedly. This is just our opinion on public figures that we have not even named. Okay, moving (laughs) forward. Okay, moving forward. I want to tell you about my freeloading journey on Economy Plus. Are you ready for this? Oh my gosh, yes. I'm about to go fly Economy Plus in a few days here. Did you buy an Economy Plus ticket? No, let's face it. I bought Economy. Okay, that's good. Um. So I'm trying to rein in my flying upgrades because I feel like it's ultimately just a big waste of money unless I'm traveling like long hauler flights. Like it's stupid. It's dumb. It's stupid. And so I'm trying to be more responsible and whatever. So what I'm trying to do is get more stuff for free, which I feel like is very much an ethos we try to promote on this podcast. Absolutely. We should be getting as much free stuff as possible. I am all for a gravy train. I have a case of the gimmies, I've been told. Like, free is my love language. So, yeah, let's hear them. Okay, so this is what you do. And I will tell you that I've had a 50% success rate with this so far. One could say, like said doctor from said show said, (laughs) just kidding. Yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, so what I did, so when I was flying Alaska Airlines home from Cabo, I booked my ticket and I noticed that the flight was like very sparse. You know, it was not full. And so what I did was I didn't pick a seat because I felt like there's going to be lots of open seats. And so I don't need to select any sort of seat and pay extra, right? So then the day of, I go and to check in and I go to where you like select a seat. And I notice that the flight is much fuller now, but all the exit rows are clear except for one. So I take a screenshot of that on my phone. This is probably like an hour and a half or two hours before takeoff. So I took a screenshot on my phone of the empty seats that were still available. Then at the gate, I waited to be the last person to get on the flight. So it was like the very last minute I get on the flight and that way I know, okay, whatever seats are open right now, they're essentially available. So I just plopped down in a stunning exit row economy plus, tons of leg room, seat, totally empty. And I had a gorgeous ride home from Cabo with enough leg room for an octopus. And there was no no questioning, no one batted an eye. Nothing, nothing whatsoever. And the flight attendants, you know, just regarded me with the same kind of respect that they would any economy plus traveler. And that was really wonderful. Oh. Oh my gosh. Okay. That is an excellent tip. I think that where I'm going to struggle with that is I am so afraid of authority. I would be worried that the flight attendants would like sniff me out, but I think that I'm going to try this. I'm going to, I'm going to try this next time. I feel like I have tried to sit in an exit row before and they've booted me and that's humiliating. Like I don't like to be humiliated in front of, you know, steerage. Right. Well, that leads me to my next story. So I'm like, I feel like I'm the queen of of flying at this point. I've hacked the system. I know what to do. So I very arrogantly book an economy flight, JetBlue, to Salt Lake City, you know, thinking that this is going to be my reality. I'm going to waltz on. This was also a basically empty flight. It was strange. It was LAX to Salt Lake um, on the 22nd, and it was so empty. So I figured I'd waltz on last minute, plop down in an economy, empty exit row, 
because people don't pick those seats because they're like 60 bucks more. Um, so I figured I would, you know, have my same luxurious free experience this time. Um, I do exactly what I intended. I sit in the row. I even like bragged to mom. I was like, you know, cause they paid for upgraded seats. I'm like, you should never pay again. You got to just use my system, you know? And like, she gets on at the normal time. I'm like, I don't get on to the very last minute. And then I just pick whatever seat I want. So it's just, you know, how I roll. So I get on the flight. I sit down in one of the empty rows and everything seems to be fine. seems to be fine. And then <laughs> we're like, it's taking like a little bit extra moments before we start taxiing and then the flight attendant comes over to me and he's like what's your original seat and I was like 20f (laughs) and I was like but I thought you could sit wherever you wanted if you know if it's open and he's like you can pick any empty seat that's in the main cabin see in that type of cutting line I would never recover from I am still so offended and embarrassed I just wanted to be like do you know do you know like where I used to be in the world of aviation. I mean, yeah, how far you've fallen. And I, I'm sorry because I don't like hearing this journey for you at all. No. So I got up, you know, tail between my legs and padded down through the aisle to a seat in steerage. And I felt like I was at the bottom of the Titanic and the ship was sinking. Okay. That's how dark it felt. I mean, that's kind of the type of person you were. When I flew home from Cabo, I didn't tell you this, but I had a similar annoying plane experience happen where I I was seated in the back of the plane and basically I got to my seat and I had a window seat and there was an older couple and they were both seated like next, they were one was seated in the window, one was seated in the middle, clearly thinking I wasn't going to show up or like that that seat was empty. So I kind of like walk over and I'm like, hi, like I've, I've got the window and they're like, oh, do you want the aisle instead? And I'm like, no, I want the window, which like it's like, no, I chose that seat for a reason. Like this is what I don't like. It's like feeling like a B-I-T-C-H for just like wanting the seat that I was given. Right. Um, so anyway, so I like, you know, I like smugly, you know, go to the window seat and Courtney from a few rows up sees that the aisle seat next to her across from her and Wyatt is empty. And she's like, so she asked the flight and she's like, Hey, that's my sister. Can she come sit up here? And in the time that I took to get out of that uh, row, the woman who was seated next to the empty aisle seat scoots over to the aisle seat. Stop. Yeah. Just to fully block you. There was a full blocking motion in action. And I literally, I have this like, these moments of blind rage for strangers. I literally muttered, bitch. (laughs) I'm sorry that that happened to you. I do have another moment of humiliation I would like to grace you with from this week. These are my favorite types of moments to be graced with. Okay, so I was doing a Nordstrom return. I bought a pair of sunglasses. They were very expensive. I probably wore them a total of 12 times, okay? Okay, 12 is double digits. That's not like I just wore them once or twice and then decided that they weren't for me. Well, it's not that I decided that they weren't for me. It's that they had little rhinestones on the edges of them and two of the rhinestones fell off. And so they just looked all of a sudden from really cute to really janky looking. Okay. Point taken. Noted in your case notes. I just personally felt like, you know, for six months in, not even wearing them every day for a month, to have suddenly these very expensive sunglasses go from looking great to looking like trash, like literally overnight. I was not happy about this. I wouldn't be either. And I think you intentionally buy things from Nordstrom knowing that there's a grace period where they will make it right, make you whole. Yeah. You have a little insurance policy there. So I walked into Nordstrom. I go up to the counter. I'm helped by this woman. And 
I go, yeah, hi, I've had these for probably about like six months. I've worn them, you know, I would say a handful of times, not a ton at all. And two of these rhinestones fell off and they just look terrible now. And they were really expensive. They're Celine sunglasses. They were $770. Okay. So I personally just, I did, I actually didn't go on this tirade. Now this is now me improving. If sunglasses are approaching a thousand dollars, I would prefer that they stay looking good for longer than two weeks of wear. I think that's completely fair. I totally understand that. So what happened? I also, for the record, had treated them so well. Like I've always put them back in their case. They've either been stored or worn or stored in their case. They have not been at the bottom of a purse. Okay. So she takes them from me. She kind of examines them and she goes, well, these have definitely been loved. These have definitely been loved. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. (laughs) That's such a bitchy comment. It was just like, and honestly, I'm kind of dumb because truthfully, I have only worn them a handful of times. I did not clean them off before I went in for, so I should have done like a good polish job, taken off the thumbprints, you know, but I didn't. The key is to make your sunglasses look like they've been sitting in a bag waiting for you to return them, not like you just took them off your face and were like, I guess I'll return these today. Right, exactly. So what was your response to when she called you out for a being a slob who, you know, had definitely loved her sunglasses. I feel like that's just so rude. It it definitely makes you seem like, oh, you really wore these to the ground, didn't you? Right, exactly. It just, I don't know. It just was like this editorial comment I didn't quite appreciate. And then, so she looks at the rhinestones that have fallen off and she's like, yeah, this would fall under normal wear and tear. So she didn't say, I won't return them for you, but she said, I won't return them for you. I forget the exact verbiage. And I'm just kind of in shock, right? I was honestly like so taken aback. And so then I kind of went a little, I got a little flustered. And I was like, well, this is really disappointing because I spent a lot of money on these sunglasses and they frankly look terrible. And I don't even feel like I got to get a normal, you know, use out of them. Before they fall into the category of looking like they've been used normally, I would like to use them a normal amount of times. I didn't say all of that, but I got a little irritated. So I go, is there someone else I can talk to? Oh my gosh, I'm such a Karen. And she's like, I'm the manager. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was so irritated and I just had to like basically pack up my Celine's, put them back in my bag and just head out the door. Like there's nothing that, there's nothing that could be done. Will you try to return them at another Nordstrom? Well, I also had proof of purchase too. Like I had my receipt. I had it on my account. So Chandler, that's exactly what I did. I had a few more errands to run at South Coast, but then on my way home, I stopped at Mission Viejo and I walked right up to the counter. And instead of like having some song and dance and mean like, I have had these, but this is why, I just was like, oh, I'd like to return these. I just sat them down. I said, I'd like to return these. I put the screen up that had the barcode from the receipt so I could easily scan them. No problem. It was just like, they didn't even look at them. It was just like, that'll be $800 back on your MasterCard. And it was pretty sweet vindication. I'm not going to lie. And so that's a little tip for everyone. Sometimes it's just better if you, especially if you have the proof of purchase, just act like it's going to happen and it's not a problem. Don't act like it's a problem. Like you're asking for forgiveness, you know? Absolutely. I love that mentality. Lauren, I am shook that someone took them back, but also so happy about that vindication. Oh, I'll tell you my recent uh, retail experience that was unsavory. You ready? Okay, please. Okay. Well, a couple weekends ago, I found myself out with some girlfriends on Lower East Side, 
and we were going around doing a little bit of shopping. We just had brunch. I guess Ben was there too, but you know, he's a girlfriend, I guess, in some capacities. And we went to a little boutique and one of my friends notices that there's a bag, handbag made out of a basketball. So it's like a basketball and then there's like two handles, two like black leather handles, like somehow attached to the top with like a ring. It, it looks very cool. It's, it's on the shelf behind the register, you know, it's a whole thing. So my friend goes, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And then my other friend goes, wait, how much is that? And the uh, clerk or cashier says it's $900. Okay. And we all are kind of like taken aback by that. Like $900 for a basketball that has been converted into a bag. Like that seems a little bit steep or maybe it was 800 either way. And, you know, honestly, that struck me more as like a 320 type of statement thing, not a 900 statement price. Anywho. My friend just says, well, F, that's way too expensive. And <laughs> the woman behind the register says, well, I'm not sorry. It's $800. Stop. She says, and, and we're all just kind of like, uh, and then she goes on and she goes, it's from a little shop, Etsy or something. You know, it's from the small business, yada, yada, yada. And we're all just like, oh, oh yeah, that's so cool. Like just completely taken aback by the fact that we are now suddenly Jeff Bezos and we are like big capitalism because we were just like a little bit, you know, shocked at the uh, sticker price of that bag. So annoying. I literally like walked out of there and was glad to find that everyone else was annoyed too. She's like, sorry that it's not Amazon stock. Sorry that it's not Amazon Prime only. Sorry, you slugs. You can't get this in two-day Prime shipping. Like everyone, everyone of my friends is like very small business friendly. Everyone sh shop small, does the whole thing. We all support it. But it was just like because we just had a normal human reaction to a nine hundred dollar like a big price. As to a big price, like because we had a normal human reaction to a absurd amount of money for like you know just girls in their twenties. Like uh, we were somehow like shamed in the store. And I just like I, I just can't understand people in like retail spaces who just want to make you feel stupid. And I'm like, how does that make me want to spend any money at your shop? Like I literally will never go back there. I do. Okay. I do have to tell you that my experience at Aritzia in New York was unreal. Like they just come up to you at every turn to to take the clothes out of your arms to like make the experience extremely seamless. However, I will say I cannot stand the no mirrors in the dressing rooms and then how they have to tell you every time, oh, that looks so good on you. That looks so – do you do they do the same thing for you? Yes, yes. I've been like swindled into buying things that I don't really think look good on me many a time out of Aritzia. Okay, one last thing before we go. Chan, I'm dying to get your thoughts on the developments with Lala Kent and Randall. A lot has been revealed. She recently did an interview that we both listened to and I, for one – well, first of all, what are, where are your thoughts? Honestly, I felt truly just so sad for her because after listening to the the chat with her or the inter after listening to the interview with her, what struck me was just maybe how blindsided she was and how she was just a new mom who maybe wasn't paying attention to certain red flags that she should have typically been paying attention to and that that the situation was just totally like something that she thought would never happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that one thing that I like I I am coming up with New Year's resolutions this year, unfortunately. I know it's like less funny, but I do have New Year's resolutions. And one of my resolutions is to be a less judgmental person. And I kind of feel like with when it comes to Lala Kent, I really judged her for how that relationship began and it really had less empathy for her. But hearing it from her own voice, like I was just really like taken aback by A, 
the fact that she left right away. Like what she says is that there was essentially after what all went down, there was like no big discussion. He did not try to get her back. She just packed up and left. And like it was like basically silent. Like they did not even discuss it. Like she was just done. And what's come to light is that this is not just an isolated event. Like this is very much something that he was probably doing from the big very beginning like having this whole other life. Yeah, like her mom literally flew out the minute it happened, like in October, I think when it was when it all went down right. and it has been there ever since. Like case closed, no long drawn out thing, like it's done. Well, and what's something that's really interesting is, you know, she's basically asked, like, you were so hard on Sheena. Do you feel bad being hard on her relationship and questioning her relationship? Like what if someone had done that to you? And Lala breaks down and she's like, I wish someone had done that for me and like said something. Yes, yes. She fully says like I would have given anything to have somebody like clued me in. I mean, I it, we got the impression that like some of her co-stars were getting DMs or messages about this, but they just like kept silent. And I will say that like Lala does seem like someone who would come after you if you attack. I mean, I feel like from earlier seasons, you know, you you want to come after my man, like I'll come after you. Like she's not a person who is easy to, you know, say, hey, I've heard this, like, to throw shade out or to, like, say you've heard some stuff about. But I do think that true friends do do that. And I think that her castmates being silent is, like, a really bad situation. What was interesting for me was hearing that, like, obviously they had to protect Randall's ex-wife and kids because that was a part of their, like, stipulations was that, like, they weren't allowed to talk about the wife and kids on the show. But, like, that's a completely different story than, like, not cluing Lala into, like, what was going on. Or at least not, like, just saying, hey, this is what I'm getting. Do what you will with this information. I'll never bring it up ever again if you don't want me to. But I just, in good conscience, I have to bring this to you. Yeah, it's such an interesting topic. And it's such an interesting question because I do think that – and, like, this is what she said. She basically says, I can understand how women – it happens once someone makes a mistake and they try to move on. That's not what this is. Like this was an ongoing double life being led. Like so much of their relationship was based on lies. Even her diamond ring was not – it wasn't not that it wasn't real. It was just a brown diamond that was dyed white. Like apparently there's a process where they can take bad diamonds and make them look really good, which honestly – it looked good to me, so I don't – who cares? But she basically says it was worth about 15000 when he told her it was worth 150000 So that's where like – for me, that's where the duplicity, the lying comes in. You know, just say, hey, this is what – you know, I found an amazing way to get a beautiful big stone for a great deal. We have other things we want to put money into. But it's the lying that I think is just – like it's so clear that she was based – she was basing her reality and her thoughts off of one thing and – she was actually living in an entirely different set of circumstances. Yeah, completely. He was clearly spinning a lie for her. And it's just really sad because obviously she has a baby with him now. And I I liked Randall. I've been liking him in this season. But honestly, he is probably just like another guy who's an egomaniac who constantly needs like new women to stroke his ego. And like that's just a really sad reality of a lot of like, you know, tycoon types like him. Well, and it's just, let's just say, never think that because you're, you know, theoretically, physically out of your partner's league or your guy's league, that that means he's going to be totally loyal. Like, in fact, a lot of those guys have the biggest ego issues of all of them. Totally. Like the minute that you stop constantly adoring them, maybe you're a new mom and you just have like bigger fish to fry, like they're going to seek it elsewhere, sadly. 
also if your relationship begins in a cheating situation like i think that that's also a huge red flag like you can't consider yourself to be safe if you began your relationship in an illicit way unless you're eileen davidson <laughs> eileen davidson is absolved from all sins on this podcast i only want to have a spirit of of compassion for Lala and what she's going through. It just seems terrible. And so anyway, I'm very impressed though by the way she's handling it and the way she speaks about it is I think very, very inspiring to be a strong woman and to not put up with any BS. And with that said, Chandler, love you. Love you. I'm very excited to have a normal recording situation back because it's been so hard to record while traveling. So we will be back with you guys with a new episode next Wednesday. If you want more Pop Apologists, check out the Patreon where we have two episodes right now are two parts, Vacation in Cabo, all the insider real houses of Salt Lake City tea. So hit up the Patreon. And then next week we'll be back with a new Patreon episode next Friday and a brand new episode next Wednesday. So love you all. Have a beautiful New Year's. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus' wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books found in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists. Owners of The Therapy Group. And hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.